You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Father Brian Gross, your host for this morning. Uh, We are at St. Mary's Central High School in Bismarck, North Dakota, uh, broadcasting uh, live throughout uh, the great region uh, that Real Presence Radio broadcast too. So thanks for listening this morning. We are now joined by Ben Warner and Paul Gardner, who are both seminarians for the Diocese of Bismarck. They are just completing their third theology year, which means that this summer, here actually just next uh, next Monday, this coming Monday, um, May 24th, they will both be ordained uh, deacons, transitional deacons. Uh, so Ben, good morning. Thanks for being on with us. Morning, Father. Thanks. So Ben's here in studio uh, Paul is uh, on the radio, or excuse me, he's on the phone, all the way down in Kenrick Glennon, still down in St. Louis. So, Paul, are you there? I am, Father. Okay, so, Paul, right, obviously you're still down, so does that mean, like, you flunked a final or something, and you had to stay, <laughs> you know, Not Ben's up guess. here? What's that? <laughs> Not a bad guess. Not a bad guess. Okay, good. So, so Ben, we're going to start with you. So, Ben, um, obviously, con- completing uh, Theology 3, looking forward in, you know, six days mm-hmm. uh, to be uh, ordained a deacon. If you could just kind of give uh, us a little bit of uh, your own sort of vocation story, how, what, what brings you to this moment? Um, yeah, how, how was it that you recognized your calling to be a priest? Yeah, sure, that's a great question, and one that I've told many times through the years, uh, but if I could boil it down, um, it's really simple. Um, uh, I think it started in high school, you know, you experience a lot of confusion and restlessness, and um, I just took that to the Lord. I started, uh, I went to Mandan High School, and what I would do is after school, I would go up the road to Christ the King Catholic Church, and I would basically, I didn't know it, but I would do a, what <clears throat> many people call a holy hour, just spend an hour in adoration and silent prayer, and uh, just brought that restlessness to Jesus, and he slowly revealed to me his will, and I kept that process all throughout college seminary and graduate seminary, and I hope to continue that through the priesthood. And so you just bring your desires to Jesus, and then he gives you the desires uh, that you follow. Yeah, uh, Ben, you know, as you tell your vocation, it's funny because when you first enter into the seminary, it's this big, long, dramatic, uh, a lot of times, right, it's a big, sort of a big, long, dramatic uh call to the priesthood and then the more you get you know as you're looking forward to being ordained a deacon it's sort of just you just wind up boiling it down to well uh jesus told me to (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's right right and so (laughs) paul um if you could uh give a recount a little bit about your own call to uh to uh, the priesthood yeah well uh i think mine goes back to when i was pretty young growing up i had a great uh catholic family uh older brother who's uh been a priest now, I think about 16 years, um, Father John Paul, and uh, so it was a huge testimony to me to have an older brother that was in seminary, and uh, because of that, I got to know a lot of priests and seminarians when I was growing up, and I just always found them to be uh, really normal, fun guys, and the sort of guys that I wanted to be around and wanted to be like. Uh, so it was, just, it was just a huge influence on my life, just to be like, wow. This, this priesthood thing, these guys are they're holy and normal at the same time. Um, so it just aroused a lot of like, good curiosity, like, what, what's the secret? Um, and so I think even from when I was just really, really young, there was kind of a hidden desire to become a priest and to live that life. 
of service. I was always um, so enthralled watching priests lift the host up in the middle of Mass, and it's like, wow, I want to do that. Um, but a lot of ways that desire was kind of hidden, and I kind of didn't want to um, think about it too much, especially when I was in high school and then when I started college at the University of Mary. Um, but during college, uh, I got to know some just really good uh, priests who kind of helped me rediscover that desire for the priesthood and to be, and to be able to say, like, wow, this has been here my whole life, but I've kind of always distracted myself with different things and here, uh, kind of in a, in a dark moment of feeling really lonely, um, the Lord just kind of revealed His love to me in a really, in a really um, clear way. And uh, it's just amazing experiencing the Lord's love made me remember, or kind of bring to mind this deep desire for the priesthood that had always been present to me. And I was finally able to take ownership of it and not be afraid of it. Um, and because of that, I took out an application and here I am in seminary, and uh, seven years later, getting ready for diaconal ordination. So you're visiting with Ben Warner and Paul Gardner. They are seminarians for the Diocese of Bismarck. Uh, they're going to be ordained transitional deacons uh, this coming Monday on the great feast of Mary, Mother of the Church, uh, at the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit here in Bismarck. Uh, Paul, you uh, took... Um, it was last year, right? You took a pastoral year. Is that what we call I did. it, right? Yeah. So, so what? Um, you know, sometimes a, a guy in seminary will take a pastoral year. Sometimes he won't. Um, can you speak a little bit, maybe, about like what brought you to say, "Hey, you know what?" Um, or you know, certainly in conversation with the vocation director, with the bishop, uh, what brought you to the point in saying, "You know, I think I want to do a pastoral year." Uh, you were at yeah. Saint Wentz in, in Dickinson, correct? Uh, Queen of Peace and Dickinson, yeah. Sorry, Queen of Peace. Yep, Queen of Peace and Dickinson, right. So, yeah, what what brought you to that point? Yeah, it was really uh, a grace experience that brought me to that. I was in in the middle of my second theology year here at Kenrith, and on the feast of the conversion of St. Paul, ironically, or maybe not so coincidentally, um, I just received a big grace from the Lord where he was saying, um, I want you to receive all the all the preparation you need to be a priest and to not try to rush through seminary, try not to just get ordained as soon as possible, uh, but to really take my time to formation. And uh, the door opened up to be able to go spend a year with uh, Monsignor Richter at Queen of Peace in Dickinson. It's a uh, priest that I've look up, looked up to um, my whole life and who's had a, a lot of influence in my, in my life. Um, and so to be able to spend time with him and as a sort of like uh, apprentice of the priesthood from somebody that I really looked up to, it just uh, it got presented as an option, and I was just really happy to be able to spend that year with him, learning from his vast pastoral experience. And uh, it was just a, a flood of grace from the Lord in that year to be able to see the priesthood uh, live so well and to see how hearts are just hungry for what the Lord has to offer through his priests. Um, and yeah, so it, was, it was provoked by the Lord, and it was, it was certainly filled with, uh, a ton of grace. You're a prophet of sorts because you took uh, COVID off. COVID year in seminary, you took off, right? So That's right. Um, All those other guys had to do classes online. Right. And, was <laughs> and you were setting up live streams for the rosary, right? So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> 
saving souls. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Good. So, so Ben, um, you know, you uh, have been at Kenrick for this is your three three years, right? Yeah, so this is my third year studies here. Yep. So, so um, well, let's uh, throw it to Ben here for a second, Paul, and then uh, we'll come back to you. So. Ben, when you think of your three years at, at Kenrick, um, can you think of anything in particular like that, that Kenrick's really provided you that you're just, uh, I mean, obviously many things, but like anything in, mm-hmm. in particular sort of like jump out, like this really was beneficial to me in a way that I never really thought uh, seminary would offer me, you know, this or that sort of a thing, if, if, uh, if you have anything that comes to mind. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess immediately what comes to mind is uh, Father Mason, he's our rector and he's constantly... Uh, telling us to conform our life uh, and conform our hearts to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. And so that kind of uh, desire to increase, uh, increase some desire for spiritual fatherhood um, uh, is kind of what comes to mind. And that manifests in, in different ways. Of course, you're not a priest. You're still, um, you're still a lay person. And so you're kind of living in Nazareth, so to speak. And so hmm. um, you are... Uh, always kind of drinking from the font of the wisdom of the church uh, in your study and your contemplation. Uh, you do get some experience going out to different parishes, um, and it's just a great time to be with guys from all over um, the United States, all over the USCCB, uh, to pursue the life of virtue and holiness together, and to grow as men of fatherhood, and to you know iron sharpens iron, and to help us grow and uh, conform our hearts to the heart of Christ, the heart of the Good Shepherd. Yeah, you, the fraternity uh, obviously is so extraordinarily important. Paul, how about you? Anything um, that you can think of in particular that you're just you're very grateful for? Looking forward to your six days to your own deacon ordination. Yeah, that Father, that's a great question. You. Yeah. If I if I could kind of pinpoint one thing in particular that's uh, been really important here at Kenner Glennon Seminary is uh, we really follow the words of Christ when He first calls his apostles, and he says, come away with me to a place, quiet place for a while, and just to just to be with me. Um, one of the things Kenrick really does well is just has a, a really regular, consistent schedule. Um, begins every morning with a 6 a.m. holy hour, followed by Mass and morning prayer. And just the, the whole day is set uh, through that lens of prayer. Um, it's the foundation of every day. It's, as Ben was saying, the way that we conform ourselves to Christ, the Good Shepherd. Um, and it's just done really well here at Kenrick. Um, guys here all pray a daily holy hour, daily mass, all the hours of the bravery, praying rosaries. Um, just the prayer life is is really supported here, and it's made into a strong habit, I think, in all the guys here. Yeah, Paul, so when you... Um how do you, what do you do when you wake up at 5.30 a.m. or whatever time you wake up and you're like, I don't want to go to the holy hour. I don't want to pray right. about a minute before break. Like, like, what do you do in your heart, in your mind? Yeah, so uh, it goes back to one of the things that Ben was saying earlier. Just uh, every time a person has these conflicting desires of, I don't want to do this, I don't want to be here. The thing we always do is we relate it to the Lord. We tell Him about it. And uh, I find that that uh, getting out of bed in the, in the morning, the first thing uh, a person has to do is turn their heart to God and say, Father, my life is a gift to you. And even though I don't feel like it at this moment of making a sacrifice at this moment, um, I know 
that is still an opportunity to make a gift of my life to you. And uh, so even from the first moment of each day, um, and then preparing for a holy hour, um, and going in prayer, going to pray, um, yeah, that all gets taken up into a, a sacrificial gift, and it becomes a joy to give. And the Lord always, uh, he's, he's always good. Um, so he, uh, he always responds generously when we seek to be generous with him, right? So, uh, exactly. so that's good. So everyone you're uh, speaking, uh, we're speaking with Paul Gardner and Ben Warner. They are uh, just completing their third theology year at Kendrick Glennon Seminary. They're going to be ordained deacons, transitional deacons on Monday uh, here in Bismarck. Uh, we're going to go to a break now and we'll continue our conversation with them when we uh, are back in just a couple of minutes. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Our uh, student that came into the church last year, she her faith was was pretty strong coming in, and she came from a Protestant background, and so she had a lot of really good questions about specific Catholic teachings and just what we've heard over the radio with people like uh, Dr. David Anders, Patrick Coffin, Tim Staple, and um, Catholic Answers Live. Um, all of those programs have have helped me to be able to explain the faith better and, and with, with patience. Um, I just am amazed at, um, with, you know, especially Dr. David Anders and Trent Horn and, and all those guys that have just incredible, um, you can just hear the caring in their, in their voice when they, when they explain the faith and, uh, on the radio. It's amazing. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Father Brian Gross, your host this morning. We are in Bismarck, North Dakota, broadcasting from St. Mary's Central High School. Uh, We are speaking with Paul Gardner and Ben Warner. They are the, uh, they're seminarians completing their third year of theology for the Diocese of Bismarck. On Monday, they're going to be ordained uh, transitional deacons. And so, for all of you who are listening uh, in the ten dioceses uh, throughout the 
the area that we uh, broadcast to, I just encourage you to uh, go to your diocesan website and click on that vocations tab um, or in the parish that you go to, take a look at that vocations poster and um, just see who it is that's going to be ordained uh, to a uh, transitional diaconate um, and to the priesthood uh, here over the next month or two in your own diocese and keep those guys in your prayers. Um, I know that uh, all seminarians very much appreciate uh, a note, um, you know, a large packet of, uh, of cookies or something, anything like that, right? Uh, a very large check uh, being sent to them uh, wherever they might be uh, studying in the seminary. And so just to, to encourage them even just through uh, a note uh, written that you're praying for them. So um, keep that in mind, uh, certainly in your own diocese, pray for vocations. We always want to pray uh, for vocations uh, so that we can have uh, the sacraments, obviously, as the Lord desires us to. So Ben, um, Monday, 3 p.m., the Feast of Mary, Mother of the Church, you're going to be ordained a transitional deacon, mm -hmm. uh, which basically means that the church and the bishop have you forever, right? <laughs> okay, so um, what is, uh, what are you, you know, kind of what, what's going on in your spiritual life, if you want to share any of that, just kind of like as, in your own preparation uh, for, for this uh, great moment just in six days from now? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, there's a lot that could be said, but um, I'll be honest, this whole semester, uh, leading up to it, I was expecting it to be, you know, you're about to give your life fully to the church in a definitive way. And I was expecting it to be, you know, really dramatic and all this crazy stuff coming up, all these random fears and insecurities. And I'll be honest, ever since that retreat in January, I've had a really deep sense uh, of peace, uh, a feeling of freedom uh, and consolation. And that's just perdured all throughout the semester. Um, and so... Uh, it's a joy to look forward to it. Uh, I guess praying more recently. Um, one of the great gifts of the church is that uh, in the liturgy um, that you can look beforehand to the rite of ordination uh, and pray with those prayers. Pray with the promises. Uh, pray with uh, what the bishop's going to say on that very day, those very exact words. Uh, so if you would imagine you know, praying with your wedding beforehand, kind of going through the vows, it's kind of analogous to that. And so one thing that stuck out to me even this morning as I was praying in my holy hour was uh, that we make a promise to pray what's called the liturgy of the hours. That is, you pray four or five, hour, uh, five hours a day, uh, the Psalms and just different prayers. And the way that it's worded in the rite is that you're praying them with and for the people of God and even for the whole world. Uh, and I've just talked to other deacons and priests. Uh, they say that after ordination, uh, when your heart has a particular order to the mission of your bishop, that that takes on a kind of a new dimension, a new meaning of lay down, laying down your life and sacrifice in prayer every day, five times a day, uh, with and for the people of God. And so uh, it's kind of one point of reflection that I think um, often people uh, don't maybe uh, hear about or even know about uh, that I'm kind of looking forward to. So you mentioned a retreat. Um, what 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 is that? You know, the, everybody who's ordained uh, a deacon or a priest, they have to take a what's called a canonical retreat, a retreat before their ordination. So, what what did that look like for you? Uh, this retreat, um, what yeah. does that consist of? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so basically, the church is is giving you a gift, giving each man a gift of an extended period of time. Um, and space for God. And so concretely what that looked like is 
me and my classmates, we were in Broomtree, South Dakota. They have a beautiful retreat center uh, out on the rolling hills of South Dakota. And um, that's, that's basically it. You have a whole week um, of silence. And the silence kind of magnifies the heart, so to speak, so that you can relate your deepest thoughts, feelings, and desires with the Lord uh, and see where you're at, see where he wants to lead you. Uh, and every day, uh, of course, you're doing the whole liturgy, the liturgy of the hours and mass. And also, um, you're doing spiritual director. You're talking to a priest about your relationship with Jesus and what's going on in your heart for about an hour a day. So it's very intense, um, but the Lord uh, gives kind of a superabundance of gifts during that time. We're speaking with Ben Warner and Paul Gardner, seminarians for the Diocese of Bismarck. Um, they're going to be ordained deacons, transitional deacons for the Diocese of Bismarck uh, next Monday. Uh, Paul, um, if you could speak a little bit about what you are thinking about, praying about, looking forward to in your own, um, your own preparation for your, for your ordination. Paul, are you there? Hello? Paul, yep, go ahead. All right, there we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as Ben was saying, uh, one of the things we do in preparation for our diaconate is to read through and pray through the promises, especially, that we make for our ordination. And uh, so I've been doing that a lot in these last couple of weeks, um, especially because these are pretty intense promises that a guy makes when he goes into um, his this diaconate um, ordination one of the ones that's really been sticking out to me is just this promise that we make uh, right away, uh, one of the first promises we make, where the bishop says, um, do you resolve to discharge the office of deacon with humble charity in order to assist the priestly order? And uh, it struck me because, in a lot of ways, you know, people ask us a lot of times, like, oh, your ordination is coming up, you know, what do you think about your priesthood or your diaconate? Um, in reality, it's not really my priesthood, or it's not, my, it's, my, it's not my ministry, it's the Lord's ministry that he does through the bishop, and I'm here to serve and to assist in that. Um, and so it's been a real uh, good grace time of the Lord reminding me to be humble and to recognize it's not my, not my doing. I was called to assist in this priestly ministry, this ministry of service, um, and it's not something that I do for my own glory. For my own social status, it's really about the Lord's glory, and it's about helping people come to encounter the Lord. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, you mentioned um, that it's not your priesthood, it's not your diaconate, and uh, that's what's, uh, I think, a lot of times for people kind of surprising to hear that it's not like Ben, um, you and Paul decided one day, hey, I think I'm going to go be a priest, and then just sort of went off to seminary on your own and, and decided to study to be to be a priest, and then hopefully Bishop Kagan here in Bismarck is going to ordain you and so on. But it's it's this cooperative effort between the church and the man who uh, feels he is called to be a priest, and the discernment is not just the guy who thinks he wants to be a priest, but it's also the church who makes the decision to say, you indeed are called to be a priest. Uh, you are indeed called to be uh, a deacon. Um, and I know in my own conversations with, uh, you know, Protestant pastors and stuff, they'll speak about, you know, well, I went off onto seminary and then I put my name in and then, you know, they called me to be at this church and there's just kind of this, like, I decided to do the thing and then I'm waiting for someone to call me to their church. And, and it's, uh, it's not that at all, as you say, Paul, right? It's, it's this mutual discernment. And then at that, 
at that moment of ordination to diaconate and then ultimately to priesthood, the church is continually saying, like, yes, we are choosing you, right? Um, that's a great, and, yeah, that's a great and, point, Father. Yeah. If you could, you know, even speak about, um, uh, maybe to put you on the spot a little bit, about that dialogue, right, that the vocation director has with the bishop. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yep, exactly. Right, so if you want to speak, right. could you speak a little bit about that, what what happens in that ordination, uh, in the right yep. there? Yeah, so right after the homily, or sorry, right before the homily, right after the gospel, um, each guy is called forward by name. He says, present, he comes forward, and then the vocation director and the bishop have this um, sort of public dialogue about the worthiness of the man who's called, and the bishop um, asks the very straightforward question to the vocation director, do you know this man to be worthy? Um, and while everybody is sitting there looking at these guys, um, you're, you're thinking, okay, are these men worthy? They've been in seminary formation um, all these years. Um, are they ready? Are they worthy? And so the vocation director looks back at the bishop and says, after talking to the Christian faithful, after talking to the formators, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but after a deep investigation into who this man is, we know him to be worthy. Um, so it's, it's a really humbling moment for uh, a man who stands there in front of the bishop and all the faithful and all the priests, and to have his worthiness publicly acclaimed is really... Um, it's, it's an honor, but it's also very humbling because it's not saying that the man doesn't have any faults or he doesn't have any any problems. It means that, like you were saying, Father, this man is chosen. That it's the Lord who wants this man to become a, a deacon and you know that willing a priest, um, and that even with his shortcomings, even with his failures, um, the Lord wants him for the for the ministry, and that He's going to supply for where He lacks. Paul, Ben, thank you for uh, being on uh, with us this morning on Real Presence Live. Again, they're going to be ordained transitional deacons, which means uh, they'll be ordained deacons next week, Monday, on the Feast of Mary, Mother of the Church. And then the following year, 2022, they'll be ordained priests for the Diocese of Bismarck. Again, encouragement to everybody who's listening um, to pray, in particular in your diocese, for more vocations. Uh, pray for those guys that are going to be ordained uh, deacons and ordained priests uh, during the summer. Certainly encouragement to you, obviously, COVID protocols being different throughout the listening area, but you know, if you're able to get to the ordination uh, of a deacon or a priest, um, you will not be disappointed. It's one of the most beautiful liturgies that the Church offers. Uh, last question. Um, it's a, it's a one-phrase answer. So, uh, to be Deacon Ben, where are you assigned this summer? Cathedral of the Holy Spirit Cathedral in Bismarck. The, Cathedral of the Holy Spirit in Bismarck. And uh, to be Deacon Paul Gardner, where are you going to be assigned? I'll be at St. Leo's in Minot. Great. So um, if you're in Bismarck or Minot or any area and you want to meet these guys, uh, certainly stop by those two parishes. We're going to be uh, going to a break here right now. When we come back, we're going to be speaking with Father Boniface Hicks. He wrote a great book on uh, St. Joseph. And so uh, a good Benedictine priest. He's done a lot of good work for the church. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 